1832, Andrew Jackson was in his first term as President of the United States. Andrew Jackson from Tennessee, right? He was the eighth President of the United States, and in his first term in 1832, there was a horrible cholera outbreak in the country, and one of the hardest hit places was Washington, D.C. People were dying. Lots of people died. Thousands of people died uh, from the outbreak of cholera. And President Jackson's family was concerned about his health and well-being. And they were encouraging him to leave Washington, come back to Tennessee, go back to his plantation home at Heritage, just east of Nashville, and wait out the, the epidemic there. Uh, they were afraid for his health. He wasn't in that great of health already. Well, in response, he finally did come back to Hermitage, by the way, before that was all over, but he didn't come quickly. He had business to attend to. And he wrote to one of his family members who'd been urging him, come back to Tennessee, don't stay there, you might get this, you might die. He wrote, my dear Sarah, knowing that we have to die, we ought to live to be prepared to die well, and then let death come when it may. We will meet we will meet it without alarm and be ready to say, the Lord's will be done. Jackson, who I don't think was a real true Christian, certainly not a strong Christian man in the way that he lived all of his life, but he conveyed, a, I think, an accurate statement there. He said, we ought to live to be prepared to die well and then let death come when it may. Be ready to die well. We're hearing that expression, I think, more and more these days. I've heard several talk about dying well. And so this morning in our lesson, we want to build upon that notion, living in order to die well. What would you do to die well? In anticipation of death, the world would say the things you ought to do is you ought to save up some money, you ought to be making memories, maybe you ought to be doing things to fill out your bucket list. You know, we hear about that a lot, don't we? People have a bucket list. There are things to do before you kick the bucket, you know. Maybe you want to go to some distant place, see some remote location. Maybe you want to jump out of an airplane with a parachute or who knows what, you know, is on your bucket list. And the world would say, these are the things you need to do in anticipation of dying. Get your bucket list filled out. Well, this morning, we want to discuss living in such a way that we can die well, preparing to die well. But we're not talking about it from those viewpoints. This morning we want to talk about preparing to die well from a spiritual perspective. What are some of the things that we need to do so that, as Andrew Jackson said, we're prepared to die well and then let death come when it may? What kind of things do we need to do? That will be our lesson this morning, preparing to die well. Thank you for being here today. We're grateful for each and every one who's present. Uh, we're always thankful for our visitors, and we usually take time to express that. And we have visitors today, and we're glad that you're here, and we want you to come back every time that you can. But we also want to express that we're so grateful for our members. It's like a big family gathering when we come together, and it's a blessing and a joy to be able to join together in worship of God. We're glad that you're here to be a part of it. Thank you for the encouragement that you offer to us all. As we study together this morning from the Scriptures, please uh, watch what's being said from the Scriptures, particularly pay attention to what Scriptures are being referenced, and make sure they're being used accurately. 
And then, of course, the thing we've got to do when it's all said and done is make application in our daily lives, and we hope that we all do that. Thank you for being here this morning. Preparing to die well. What kind of things you need to do in preparation of death? Well, to die well, I think a simple starting place is you need to become a Christian. You know, there are a lot of important decisions to be made in life, so many important things to do, actions to take. But I'll tell you, there are, there are no accumulation of things that you might say, things that you've got to get done, that would even come close in comparison to the importance of this one thing, you need to become a Christian, a child of God. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 8, beginning verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, important questions to ask. The answers are obvious. We simply want to say to you this morning, if you have not made this decision to become a Christian, if you have not obeyed that simple gospel plan of salvation, then nothing else really matters for you. This is the one thing that you've got to do to get ready for death. You can save all the money you want. Uh, you can pursue all the activities that you desire. But if you die without doing this, then you will simply have done it all for nothing. You will miss it all. If you miss heaven, you will have missed it all. You will not die well if you do not become a Christian, obeying that simple gospel plan of salvation. And so... Uh, that's an easy starting place, right? And for those of you who are with us this morning who have not made that decision yet, what could we say more? How could we beg and urge you to make this important decision to become a Christian? Obey the gospel. We're ready to assist you in that obedience. We're ready to answer any questions you might have. But you've got to come to grips with this decision because if you don't do this, you are not prepared to die well. As a follow-up to that, though, we would say that another thing you've got to do to live well is not only start by becoming a Christian, but you've got to live faithfully as a child of God. This is the idea. The first point was you've got to get started. This point is you've got to finish it out. You've got to complete. You've got to do what you started to do. I'm sad to say that there are some Christians who are not in that situation. You started, maybe but you have not continued in faithful service to the Lord. And if life ends with you in that circumstance, you're in a terribly undone condition. And you will not die well if you have not remained faithful to your Lord. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, it says simply, Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. There's a great promise in that verse. For all who will live faithfully, a crown of life in heaven. What a, what a wonderful thing. We've been studying the book of Revelation in our Sunday morning class, and that book was intended to give hope and consolation to Christians who are suffering some really hard things. And there's a great promise there. Be thou faithful to death. Even if you have to die, be thou faithful. And I'll give thee a crown of life. That's wonderful. A wonderful promise. But I want to tell you, the verse also contains a warning that if you are not faithful till death, you will not get that crown of life. And so the question is, what about us? Are we being faithful? And if you understand, as you sit there this morning, that your life is not right with God, that you've not been faithful to Him, that you've not been putting Him first in all things, you've not been faithful, if that's the case with you, don't stay in that situation because you're not prepared. You are not prepared to die well. You know, the fact of the matter is that when we became a Christian, 
We made certain promises to God. He gave us great blessings when we became Christians. He forgave us of past sins. He brought us into His family, into the body of Christ, His church. He gave us the hope of heaven. God made great promises and blessings to us when we became a Christian. But we also made some promises too. We promised to Him what we would do and how we would live our lives. And if you haven't been keeping those promises, you've got to get that right. You do not want to die having not kept your promises to God. You need to be living faithfully as a child of God if you're going to die well. Let me suggest to you another thing we need to do to die well is that we need to help others go to heaven. If you got the the diagnosis from the doctor that you had a terminal disease, let's say you get that today, and you understand that you just have a little while longer to live, you're going to die. If that's the case, what would be some of the things that would immediately race through your mind? You've been told. You've got what's going to kill you. You're diagnosed with a terminal illness. Well, don't you think that for most of us, there would be concern for our loved ones, you know? What about my family? What about my wife? What about my children? You know, what about the things that that will not be taken care of when I'm not here to take care of those things and so forth. You'd be concerned about others, right? You'd be concerned for your own health, obviously, but you'd be concerned about others, right? I want to, I want to make sure everything's okay for them when I'm gone. That's the way we think about that. Well, I want to tell you, that's a very appropriate way to think spiritually, too. In order for me to be able to die well, I need to have done all that I can in trying to bring others to Christ, to help them spiritually, to put them in good stead with God. And if I haven't done what I can to help others, especially my loved ones, my family, those closest to me, if I have not done what I can to help them, I'm not prepared to die, not to die well anyway. I need to be doing all for my family, my friends, my acquaintances, everyone I can. I need to be trying to help those people go to heaven as well. Jesus gave us that job, of course, in the Great Commission. When in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every Christian. Uh, we need to be prepared to die well, knowing that we did what we could to share the gospel message with others to help them go to heaven. Well, we could probably stop there. I think we've covered three things that are really important. If I want to die well, I need to do this, right? Be a Christian. Be a faithful Christian. Share the message of salvation with other people. But let's dive a little deeper into that. Let me say that if I want to die well, I need to be making the most of the time that I have. You know, it is a reality that we all just have a limited amount of time in this life. Life is passing on by. In fact, life is racing on by. And knowing that that's the reality, we need to be making the most of our time. But you know, the problem with us is that we get to thinking, and we had a lesson about this just recently. The problem, we, we get to thinking, I've got, I've got time, you know. I may be getting older, but... I've still got 20 good years. I've got 30 years. I've got, four, I got 50 years. I've got plenty of time, you know, before I die. At whatever age you're at, those of us getting older, our time is a little less, obviously, but we still think we've got some good time. But if you're young, why? You know, what do you got, 40, 50, 60 years to worry about these things later on? But you know, the problem with that is you don't know that you have that time. 
You simply do not know. Your life could die suddenly. And that being the case, you need to make the most of the time that you have right now. Make the most of the time that you have right now in doing the will of God. That's the key. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You don't know. I don't care how old you are. You don't even know that you have tomorrow. Make the most of your time. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning verse 15, Paul says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but uh, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. In that verse, we've tried to make the point that God accounts us as stewards of the time that we have. Uh, And that being the case, we need to use it wisely. All of us. How would you analyze this question? If you were to break down how you're using your time in your life right now, how, how would you fill it out? How much of your time specifically is spent in doing the will of God, of thinking of spiritual things, of putting spiritual priorities first in your life? Are you using your time wisely? Are you spending your time on things that really matter? If we're spending all of our time pursuing the affairs of this carnal life, then we're not using our time wisely. We're wasting our time, and we don't have a lot of time. No matter how old we are, we don't have a lot of time. Use your time wisely in order to be prepared to die well. Let me suggest we need to keep our affairs in order if we're going to die well. Okay. Back to that idea, you you know that you're going to die. Maybe the doctor has said, I'm going to give you three months. I'm going to give you, at the outside, I'm going to give you six months. But this is, this is it, you're going to die. Well, what would you do? What would you want to do? Well, you got to get your affairs in order, right? i I, I got to pay my debts. I, I, when I die, I don't want to leave a lot of debts behind that others are going to have to pay for me. And you know, I keep hearing them talk all the time, you know, on these talk radio program, you got to make a will. You need to have a will. i got, I got to make a will because I want that all to be lined out when I die of what's to be done. You know, i got to have a will. Um, I want to try to arrange things to make it as easy on my loved ones when I'm gone as possible. That makes sense, right? And so the idea of getting all my affairs in order, I need to do that if I'm going to die well. Again, the problem is we think about physical things when we talk about the affairs and in order, but are we keeping our spiritual affairs in order? Just recently in our daily Bible readings, we read in 2 Kings chapter 20 about King Hezekiah. You remember the famous statement that Isaiah made. It says in 2 Kings 20 verse 1, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amoz, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. So Isaiah came to Hezekiah specifically and said, you're fixing to die, and you need to put your house in order, uh, because you're going to die. Well, what would you do if you got that message? What if you got the message, thou shalt die and not live? Oh, amen. You have got that, right? That is the message to you. 
You're going to die. You are not going to live. Now, we don't have an inspired prophet like Isaiah to come to us as, as, as Hezekiah did. But we don't need an inspired prophet to tell us, you're going to die. You are not going to live. We've got that message, right? You don't think you're going to live forever, do you? You're going to die. You're not going to live. So, just as Isaiah said to Hezekiah, set thine house in order. We need to be doing that. We need to be setting our spiritual house in order. Well, what would that mean? Have you been attending services faithfully like you should? If not, your house is not in order. Have you been studying? Have you been praying? Have you been giving? Have you been working for the Lord? Have you been putting first things first? Is your house in order? Because you're going to die. You're not going to live. Set your house in order. We've got that message. We know that that's the reality. And we need to be living so as to prepare to die well. We need to overcome the fear of death. If we're going to die well, we need to be not afraid to die. I'll take you back to that statement by Andrew Jackson. He said, we ought to live to be prepared to die well, and then let death come when it may. We will meet it without alarm and be ready to say, the Lord's will be done. Again, I repeat, I don't think Andrew Jackson was a great spiritual man, but I think he said it right there, that we need to live in such a way that we're really not afraid to die. When they take polls of things that people are really afraid of, always right up there at the top is the fear of death, obviously. People are afraid to die. And I suppose there's a sort of a natural sense in which we would fear death in the physical sense. We don't know what it will be like and and maybe the suffering that might be associated if you have a, a horrible illness or something. But in the spiritual sense, we ought to be living in such a way we're not afraid to die to meet the Lord. In fact, we even desire to do that. If we've done all the things we need to do, and by the grace of God, we're in a right relationship with Him, we do not need to fear death. In Hebrews chapter 2, beginning verse 14, For as much then as we are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What did Jesus do for us? Notice it uses the word deliver, that he delivered those, that's us, who through fear of death all their lifetime were in bondage. We were, we were in a situation before Jesus died on the cross all of mankind was in the situation of not being right with God. Can't get right with God. There's no way to be right with God. God provided and Jesus died on the cross so that we don't have to fear that. Through the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, we're delivered from the fear of death. We don't have to be afraid of that. But again, that presupposes that you've taken advantage of that sacrifice of Jesus that you've obeyed the gospel, that you've had the blood of Jesus applied to your sins, that you're in a right relationship with God through His mercy and grace, through the blood of Jesus Christ. You need to overcome that fear of death if you've not done so already. I hope if we were to go through the, the assembly this morning and talk about our fear of dying, yes, we might express, well, yeah, I would hate to be seriously ill for a long period of time. I'd, I'd hate to die in a tragic accident of one kind or another. You could talk about that. But are you afraid to die in the sense of death means meeting God in judgment? Are you afraid of that? 
I tell you, if you're afraid of that, you need to get that fixed immediately. We are delivered from the fear of death through the blood of Jesus. And if you've not availed yourself of that, and if you're not in a right relationship with God, if you're afraid of dying and meeting God in judgment, then by all means take care of that. It can be remedied and soon, quickly. God has made it possible that we don't have to have the fear of death. To die well, we need to practice dying. I don't have to explain what I mean by that. I mean practice dying. How do you do that? Well, actually, we're making a play on words here because the Scripture says we're supposed to do some dying before we die. Look at Coloss- or, excuse me, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Paul says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's what we mean by practice dying. Put to death the deeds of the body. Die to the things that the world thinks are important. You know, as the world goes farther and farther away from God, they put great significance in things that oppose the will of God. We should die to the things that the world thinks is important. We should live for the things that God says are important. Die to the things of the world. Live for God. That's what we're suggesting. In Colossians 3, where Matt read for us at the start, Colossians 3, beginning verse 5, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come. The wrath of God is coming. And you need to put to death those things that God will judge people for. Put to death immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. Put those things to death. And that's what we mean when we suggest the idea of practice dying. Die now to the things that the world says is important. Live for the things that God says are important. Well, what about you? Are you prepared to die well? Well, that's the question. It's not a question of, are you going to die? That question's a given, right? That's a given. You're going to die. So the question is, how are you going to die? Are you going to die well, or are you going to die unprepared? That's the question. We've talked about things that pertain to all of us this morning. And I just simply ask, as we're about to sing this song of invitation, will you make application to your own life? Be ready to die well. How can we help you? Let us know while we stand and sing.